Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, well, no, yeah, actually as always, because I think you might be more reliable than Brandon, I'm joined by a man who is not a system player. He is the system himself, Ben O'Brien. How you doing? Trevor, I'm fantastic. And you're right, at this point, you might as well just say, as always, joined by me, because um, I am much more of a reliable player than, than Brandon is. You can count on me for... For I'm not I'm not gonna deliver I'm not gonna have these monster performances Trevor I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go for for 50 points but you can count on me for a solid 15 points a game Brandon might give you 30 points a game but then but then he he takes the next four games off so um, in terms of consistency I think I think you know where you know where where I stand with that and I think you know where Brandon stands with that absolutely what what would the player comp be is like is Brandon like uh, I don't know is he like See Kawhi Leonard? Like, is he is he good enough to be Kawhi Leonard? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. Or I don't know if I want to give him that example. kind. Of, I don't know if I want to give him that kind of credit. I don't know if maybe I can that's do that. too much credit. Um, um, I don't know who's someone, Trevor. Who's someone that's that's good, but then they then they, they don't show up in the uh, in the most important moments, or they they uh, they don't show up when they when their team needs them the most. Uh, Jimmy Butler. That's that's maybe that's a good comparison. No, Jimmy Butler. No, it's not a good comparison. Um, I mean, I, I Dak think Prescott, is he like a Dak Prescott? Like oh, he can give you a actually, fine performance, but then all of a sudden a, when it actually yeah. matters, he's not there. He, you, he, you know, he's good for, he's good for a miss every once in a while. He's good for, for an interception. You just kind of got to live with it. Yeah. I think Dak Prescott makes a lot of sense. And, okay. and you're the, you're like reliable, um, maybe like a, uh, uh, like Jason yeah, Tatum. I don't, know. I don't know. Do you like that comparison? Like a Jason sure, Tatum. Sure, I mean, uh, Jason Tatum's pretty good, yeah. I'll, I'll um, gladly take that comparison. Plays but, plays most yeah. of the games. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Someone I, someone that you can count on. You know what you know what you're going to get out of them. Unlike Dak Prescott, who might throw four interceptions in a game. You, know, you just never know. Yeah. <laughs> who knows uh, with Dak Prescott. Um, but yeah, Brandon, Brandon's not here today. He should be back next week. Uh, we have a really uh, jam-packed podcast, Ben, because yes, college basketball, it starts tomorrow. Um, so naturally we have to, we have to talk about college basketball. We have to give a little preview. We got college football in full swing, had a lot of really good games yesterday. Some really good games. We'll talk about that. Uh, NFL, we're about halfway through the season. Got a lot of stuff, some really good games tonight. Uh, the Sunday night game, Bills, Bengals, uh, maybe a little preview of that game. Cowboys, Eagles, two amazing games. Uh, and then the NBA, NBA just started a lot of fun things going on, um, that we will certainly talk about. So. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a jam packed podcast, Ben. Uh, and let's let's get it started with some college football. Um, we had a lot of good games, like I just mentioned, Ben. We, where should we start in college football yesterday? Uh, I think you watched more than I did, definitely. Um, yeah. What do you what do you think's kind of the headline of college football this week? I think and it, there was a lot of really good games, especially in the afternoon yesterday. I think we got to start with. I just I want to take a second to talk about Alabama, because remember about. I don't know. A month and a half ago, people thought the dynasty was dead. Alabama's fallen off. And I'm not saying they're the best team ever, but Alabama's really good, Trevor. And Jalen Milrow is a stud. Um, I watched most of their game against LSU last night. He was phenomenal. And yes, he didn't have to throw the ball ever. He essentially was just a running back back there. But he runs like a 4-4-40. He's insane. He had like four rushing touchdowns. Um, Alabama looked really good. They did. Their offense looked very good. LSU essentially had no answer for them. It was a track meet and. and um, Alabama was ultimately just able to score more than, than LSU. That's typically how you win a football game. But, um, I don't know. I, I just think I remember like after Alabama lost to Texas, then they struggled against South Florida the next, the next week. 
Um, and people really thought, I don't know, is this is Nick Saban done? Is he is he does he need to retire? Um, since then, Alabama has looked very good. They've looked like the Alabama of old, and uh, I think they they absolutely still have a chance to make the college football playoff if they can make the championship game and beat Georgia. So I, I think uh, Alabama is. I don't want to say they're back because I don't think they really ever left, but um, Alabama is is still a very, very good football team. Yeah, I mean, Alabama has such high standards that, like, anytime they lose, yeah. it feels like the sky is falling. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think this Alabama team's as good as um, <laughs> some of the other Alabama teams we've seen that have no. won championships. Like, I don't, I certainly don't think that. But they're still one of the yeah. best, I don't know, six, seven, eight. I mean, they're ranked eighth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're at least one of the best eight teams at the very least in the country, I would say. So, yeah, Al- yeah. Alabama's a really good team. Looking at the, their schedule coming up, they're eight and one. They have Kentucky on the road next week. Um, then they have Chattanooga, a little cupcake game, a little tune-up game for their last <laughs> game of the season, the rivalry, um, on the road against Auburn, which Auburn's yeah. not really a, that great of a team by any means, but it's the rivalry games, Iron Bowl. Um, so you never know. And then if they, um, assuming they finish the best in the West uh, division, they will play Georgia um, in that SC championship yeah. game, which we, we talked about some hypotheticals last week, college football playoff stuff. And I said on the podcast that if Alabama beats Georgia, they absolutely should like, just like there will really be no reason to not put them in the playoff. And I still believe that yeah, uh, very strongly. If you beat Georgia, uh, they're as long as Georgia's like still undefeated and like they're the number one or number two team, uh, you, you got to put Alabama in the in the top four. Um, so yeah, we we will see what happens, but I still think Alabama has a decent chance here. I don't know if the, they can beat Georgia. That's that's kind of my hold up because yeah. I don't know if they actually will beat Georgia, but I do think they will win their last three games. Uh, play in that SEC championship against Georgia, and then whether they beat Georgia, that's kind of another story. It's definitely going to be a good game, assuming. It happens. Um, I guess my uh, the game I wanted to point out first, I guess, was the Washington USC game, because this yeah. was a game that featured two of the best quarterbacks in college football, maybe the two best. I don't know. There's there's a there's an argument to be had. Um, there's mm-hmm. another quarterback that uh, Brandon, uh, you know, might want us to mention. I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's really worth mentioning. I think it's kind of a uh, just a, a waste of, of space to mention a different quarterback um that he wants us to mention but these two guys Caleb Williams and Michael Penix I mean uh this the final score of this game was 52-42 Washington did get the win um and both of these quarterbacks were fantastic Caleb Williams stat line looked a little bit better than Michael Penix's but uh both of them had uh fantastic games um and again we we've talked about this with USC their defense is just not very good oh, it's it's, it's and so it's bad. the reason now that they've lost a the third game I mean looking yeah. at Going down their schedule, I mean, last week, USC gave up 49 points to the to Cal, to, to the California Golden Bears, who are not a good football team. They're a terrible football team. They gave up 49 points to them. So USC's defense, that's obviously their Achilles heel. It got them again. Um, and that's, that's the reason why they're not a contender at all, even as good as Caleb Williams is, as good as that offense is. Uh, they're, they're not really a contender anymore. They've now lost a third game. Washington is still undefeated. They're fifth in the country. Um, can they keep it up? I mean, they have uh, Utah at home next week. Utah is currently ranked 18th in the country. Then they go on the road. Oregon State ranked 16th. And then uh, last game of the season looks like a little bit of a cupcake, ga- cupcake game against Washington State at home. And then mm-hmm. they'll play in the, the Pac-12 championship, which could be a rematch against Oregon. Um, that's what my guess would be. 
um, which is going to be a, a very exciting game as well. Oregon just destroyed Cal uh, yesterday. So Washington's looking good. Um, and yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think the assuming they win out and Oregon wins out, that Pac-12 championship is going to be a really good game to watch as well, Ben. Yeah, no, I mean, the Pac-12, again, like, it's so sad. The Pac-12 has been the best it's been in a very, very long time this year. And, and obviously, it's the last year that, that the Pac-12 that we know is going to be in existence. But, um, yeah, that, I mean, that Washington-USC game, Trevor, I watched, I watched a lot of the first half of it. Um, it was, I mean, I was exhausted. It was a total track meet. Um, two very good quarterbacks, two very good offenses. And if you're USC, like, you got to be so upset if you're USC because you're USC, you have – Going, at least coming into the season, obviously, you know, the defending Heisman winner, the, the best quarterback in college football, and, and the fact that in order to win, you have to score like 70 points a game is just so frustrating because I really do think if USC wants to win, they essentially have to score on every possession because their defense is just never going to get a stop. So very frustrating to watch USC with as good as, as Caleb Williams is. He just has no help on the defensive side of the ball. And honestly, maybe throw him back at, maybe throw him back there at safety or something. He might he might be able to do more than than the current players on their defense, but um yeah I mean Washington's is great I, I kind of expected this is the type of game Trevor where the Pac-12 always finds ways to like cannibalize itself and I really thought this would be a situation where USC would would, would you know host Washington and they'd beat Washington and all of a sudden uh Washington you know it's got a loss now and and things like that but but Washington going in there and beating USC I think is good for the conference because you you, you keep that kind of top five um championship caliber team in the mix in the in this college football ranking system so um, good win for Washington. Good, I think it's a good win for the Pac-12 overall. I think the Pac-12 wins as a result of Washington going going into LA and winning that game. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent with that. Um, a couple more games to mention: uh, Texas beat Kansas State in overtime, thirty-three to thirty. We had Clemson pulled. A, I don't know if this was considered an upset or not. I don't know who was favored, but Clemson yeah. did beat Notre Dame at home, thirty-one twenty-three. Notre Dame was ranked fifteenth. Um, we had Georgia, they, they stay alive. That game was pretty tight for a while. They beat Missouri mm-hmm. 30 to 21. Um, and then we had Oklahoma state. They get the upset. I yeah. well, actually, I don't know. Again, I don't know if that was an upset cause they were at home. Oklahoma state beat Oklahoma. I would call it an upset. Yeah. They, they beat Oklahoma. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it was, I think, uh, 27, 24 of any of those games or any other games, uh, the, any any other games you wanted to talk about, Ben, that you kind of had your eye on yesterday that you're like, eh, this is this is interesting, this result. Well, I just I want I want to I want to speak on Oklahoma State for a second. I'm very happy for them because obviously, like, this is the last time these this these two teams are gonna play, maybe ever, probably for a very long time. Um, I love like I think it's one of my favorite rivalries to watch for no reason. I have no connection to either of these teams, but for whatever reason, especially when they play at at Oklahoma State, I I, I think it's like such a fun game to watch. I always love doing it. And I, for whatever reason, I've always kind of liked Oklahoma State. Maybe it goes back to like Charlie Black or whatever his name was, but I've always kind of liked Oklahoma State. Um, so I'm super happy for them. I think that's an awesome win for them because you know Oklahoma's going on to bigger and better things. Oklahoma, this isn't a huge deal for the for the program of Oklahoma. They're gonna they're gonna go to the SEC. They're gonna be just fine. But for for a program like Oklahoma State, who's always kind of been the little brother, obviously they don't have nearly the same amount of history that Oklahoma has, and Oklahoma's going to a better conference next year. Um, I'm really happy for Oklahoma State. I think it's it's kind of it worked out great for them where where um, they were able to, to to beat their biggest rival the last time they're going to play, and for the foreseeable future, they you know, the students rightfully so, Trevor. I will allow it. They rightfully so rush the field again. It's a big it's the it's your biggest rival of the year. You you beat them for the last time. Um, I I just think it was really cool to see. I think a lot of people that were just kind of casual fans of this rivalry 
would have rather seen Oklahoma State win because now Oklahoma has to kind of live with that, knowing that they lost the last time these two teams maybe ever play in the regular season um, because it's Oklahoma's fault for going to a different conference. So Oklahoma State rightfully so, and they put up a graphic on the on the big board after the game, but they rightfully so own the state of Oklahoma now. I think they ha- they have the right to that title because they have won the most recent matchup. So um, I'm super upset to see that rivalry kind of fall apart. And again, this is just part of the conference realignment. We've seen it happen. Texas um, and Texas A&M like, for a long time had, you know haven't played the last ten years or so, and um, we're we're, we're going to lose some of these these Big Twelve rivalries. But it's just part of the sport. So. Um, shout out to Oklahoma State. They haven't had a fantastic year, but they've been a lot better of recent. Um, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great win for that program and for that school to, to finally beat your rival in the last time you guys might ever play. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, is there anything else, uh, Ben, that you kind of wanted to mention in college football this week? Just real quick, I feel like Brandon wants us to mention, I feel like we should. Like In terms of the college football playoff rankings, I, I do think with Ohio State 1 and Georgia 2 and Michigan 3 and Florida State 4, I just want to say, like, it doesn't matter. I don't, and I don't know anybody that's like actually freaking out about Ohio State being one. And Brandon, Brandon's right. Like, I, I do think they got it right. Like, Brandon agrees with that. Being a Michigan fan, um, Ohio State, ha- as of right now, has the best resume. Um, so they probably should be the number one team. But it, it'll all work itself out. So anyone that's like freaking out about these rankings and how the fact that Ohio State's one and it's not Georgia or Michigan, well, it'll 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 even itself out because Georgia. We'll probably have to play Alabama. Obviously, Ohio State and Michigan are going to have to play each other. Michigan's got to play Penn State as well. So I don't think it's that big of a deal if, if people are, are looking for overreactions to those rankings. I don't think it matters because, it's again, it's only week 10 or whatever. We still have another month of this, um, and, and there's a lot of games that still have to be played. So, so Ohio State being one for now is, I think, the right move. But ultimately, by the time we get to the first weekend in December when that selection show happens, I think, uh, I think we'll have a better idea of, of really who is kind of the, top, the four best teams. Ben, I, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I think Michigan's too high in the rankings. I do. <laughs> I do. Look, yeah, look at their based resume. On their, they, based they on their no poor quarterback play, is that what you're saying? Well, the quarterback play hasn't been great. <laughs> I, I don't think McCarthy, uh, McFraud, as I call him, I don't think he's that great. <laughs> I love um, it. Yeah. But I, look at, I'm, I'm actually being serious about this part of it. I, I actually think yeah. Florida State and Washington both have better resumes than them. I, I do. Okay. I, Washington yeah. has beaten Oregon. It doesn't mean I'm saying that I don't think I don't really think those two teams are actually better than Michigan. But if we're doing this based on resume and we're trying to be consistent across the board, Washington beat Oregon uh, at home. Oregon was ranked in the top yeah. ten. Um, I mean, they just beat USC on the road. Now I, that wasn't uh, counted in the previous ranking, but they have now beaten another really solid uh, team. Or well, eh, USC. Had, I mean, they're a they're a top twenty. The they're a ranked team. They're yeah. you know they're not an yeah. elite team. Like it's you know, but I think given that Florida State's a little bit more dicey, um, but they did beat Duke at home. I that is better than any win that uh, yeah. Michigan's had. They oh they well they I forgot they beat LSU. They beat LSU. So yeah, Florida That's State true. should also be yeah. ahead of Michigan. I think if anything, I mean Ohio State absolutely deserves to be number one. I think Georgia. Let's see. They well they just beat Missouri. Before that, they beat Kentucky. I mean, if you're going based on a resume, honestly, uh, I think you can argue that Washington maybe should be number two. Um, I don't know if that's wild, but uh, I'm looking at it here, and uh, they beat Oregon. They just beat USC. Um, I don't know. Uh, that, that's just me, though. I think Michigan is probably, I'd probably have them fifth in the college football playoff rankings. Okay. So that doesn't mean that they are the fifth best team. I think they're probably at least top two, um, maybe number one, who knows. 
but based on a resume, I think they're probably fifth. Uh, but that's just my take on that. Again, it's the I first time yeah. this ranking has been revealed. It doesn't really matter. I agree mm-hmm. with all that. Uh, we'll have to see how it shakes out as we get uh, closer to the end of the year. And all, honestly, what matters most is that Ohio State-Michigan game and then uh, the Big Ten yeah. Championship. That's And Michigan does have a big game coming up next week against Penn State on the road. State, so yeah. so that's uh, their first opportunity here to get a, a really solid uh, win for their resume, I think, next week that Michigan has. So that'll that'll help out for sure. No, and I don't. I don't think that's that's that hot of a take because, um, like I they showed that graphic when they were doing the rankings on the selection or the, on the ranking show or whatever, and like they have notable wins, and that each team had you know, they they gave two kind of notable wins. Michigan's two notable wins were Rutgers and Minnesota. Like those are literally their best wins are against Rutgers and Minnesota. Um, so for right now, yeah, I don't think Michigan deserves to be a top two, or in your opinion, a top three or four team. Um, but again, in the next month. If they take care of everything they're supposed to take care of, they absolutely will, will have the opportunity to prove that they are a top, whatever, top two, top three, maybe top one team. So, um, again, like people like Brandon, I don't think they're freaking out by this. Michigan fans aren't freaking out by this because they shouldn't. It's, it's just part of the course. Um, there's plenty of time to, to prove yourself, and I think they will, they will absolutely have a chance to do that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but, yeah, let's move on to um, yeah. the, the Professional Football League, the NFL. Um, we could talk quickly, I guess, about week eight takeaways. Um, I, I had, I had just a couple, I guess, quick ones. Uh, the Bengals, I think they're back. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry to blow up the Bengals for you, Ben, but, um, they looked very impressive last week against the 49ers. Joe Burrow had one of the best quarterbacking performances I think we've seen all season. Uh, only four incompletions, three touchdowns, Mm -hmm. no interceptions. Um, on the other side of it. The Niners, are they free-falling yeah. a little bit? It's it's looking bad. Brock Purdy, who previously, and and again, I don't I don't want this to be forgotten. Brock Purdy was playing incredible football last season. Um, he was eight and zero before they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, and he started this season five and zero as a starting quarterback. So he's he's now I think thirteen and four as a starting quarterback. However, um, he's played like uh, crap. Um, I was going to say another mm-hmm. word, but uh, I I restrained myself. He's been playing nice. very badly the past couple weeks here, and that is that has happened. I, I must acknowledge that. It doesn't mean he's definitely a bad quarterback um, because he played his first, f- whatever, 14 games really well, um, but now he's not playing so well. So that if that continues to be the case, that's going to hurt the Niners. Obviously, they still are dealing with a couple injuries with key players, but that is something that could hold back the 49ers is ceiling, you know, they're, they're at least a top five. I, I think regardless, they're top four, top five team, but that could be the difference between them, you know, just being a loser in like a divisional round or an NFC championship and winning the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy could be the thing. I, I will say, I will say Brand. you know, he Brand said this Brock Purdy. Yes, mm-hmm. he, he could hold them back. I, I do agree with that to some extent because when you don't have one of the most elite quarterbacks, when you don't have a Patrick Mahomes, you don't have a Joe Burrow, uh, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, you don't have guys like that. Uh, it makes it it makes it tougher. It does. Doesn't mean it's not impossible because we've seen it happen. We saw Nick Foles with the Eagles. We we've seen it, but it makes it harder. That's that's for sure. No, yeah, I agree. The 49ers, I think, I think the if you had to pick like a story coming out of that game, is it the Bengals being greater? Is it the 49ers struggling? I think the 49ers are a bigger story because I think. The Bengals played as well as they have supposed to play it all year, and they just haven't lived up to it. They finally did last week. I think the 49ers are losing three games in a row after their hot start. 
and Brock Purdy looked. I mean, I felt I felt for it too, Trevor. I I was, you know, after that Cowboys win, Brock Purdy he looked so good in it, and I, I said I was like, I think he's such a good quarterback for that system. His footwork has looked great um, in the last couple of weeks, and maybe part of it is again they rushed him back from a concussion he got a couple of weeks ago. Maybe he shouldn't have played. Probably shouldn't have played against the Bengals in the first place. That could be part of it. But even even without that that whole that whole part of it. He just hasn't looked comfortable. He hasn't looked. I don't know if people have figured the 49ers offense out. Maybe they have. Kyle Shanahan gets all this credit for being a fantastic coach, but I forget the exact stats, Trevor. But but basically, he's won like either one or zero games when trailing going into the fourth quarter. Like if he's losing, if he gets down in a game, his teams never win. Um, so that's the recipe to beat the 49ers. If you get up on them, if you force them to play from a deficit, they can't play from a deficit because they're so, such a run-heavy team. And when, they, when you force Brock Purdy to have to beat you, it, it, it doesn't always work out. So um, I don't know. I think the 49ers have a lot of questions. They have a bye week this week, which I think is much needed for them. they got to figure some stuff out. Um, and Brock Purdy obviously needs to get a little bit healthier. But um, I still think they're a good team. They still have the best running back in the NFL by far, probably the best all-around player, non-quarterback Christian McCaffrey. So um, they still have a lot of weapons. They still have a really good defense. They still have Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, and not to mention the fact that they just got Chase Young. So um they they still have a lot of talent I still think they're a good team at the end of the day they've lost three in a row but they're still five and three sitting in a pretty good situation so um I'm not hitting the panic button yet for the 49ers but I do think we've come a long way in the last couple weeks considering they were you know clearing away the best team after five weeks in the NFL yeah um yeah that makes a lot of sense we'll see I again I still think the Niners are a top five team they you know I think still think they're a contender but they're not as high as a couple of those other teams um because um mainly the quarterback but also you have some injuries there um the next thing i was going to talk about was the kansas city chiefs um who Mm -hmm. currently as we speak yeah maybe (laughs) maybe it's not a concern anymore trevor (laughs) who currently as we speak lead the miami dolphins 21 to 0 at halftime (laughs) um but they had a weird uh outing against the denver broncos last week they lost 24 to 9 um and it's just i don't know it's it's weird you know, I do Ben, do you know I I was trying to look this up. Um, is Taylor Swift at the game today? Probably not, right? I don't think so. No shot, she's in Germany. There's just I, no yeah. way. I mean, I think she's on tour. I think she left for Aeros tour. Yeah. Um, so yeah. she's not there. I, I was just trying to figure out if there was some sort of correlation between her being at oh, games and is. them succeeding. I wasn't sure. There is. Um but may- maybe well, there is. I don't know. What, what do you think? Well, Trevor, have you you've seen like the the thing about Travis Kelsey's stats when she's there versus not there? He averages like fifty or sixty more yards a game when she's there versus not there. Like when oh, she's really? at the game, he 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 goes. Yeah, when he's when she's at the game, it's been like three or four games. I think he's gone for like he's averaged like one hundred and ten yards a game. And when he's when she's not there in the five games, or whatever it's been, I think it's like forty eight yards a game he's averaging or something, fifty yards a game. So he quite literally is twice as good when she's there versus when she's not there, which is crazy. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, they're doing well today. Um, what I don't know what Travis Kelsey's stats are today. Let's see what he's doing. Maybe they're just in yeah, spite I mean, of him. Uh, well, I know they have, they have a defensive touchdown, so uh, had, their, their defense is playing well. But He has two receptions for seven yards, so it's really not yeah, him. Yeah, uh, Trevor, it's I'm telling you, it, when, when she's not there – when she's not there, he looks like he's a 33-year-old tight end. But when she is there, he looks like he just came out of college. He's a first-round draft pick. Yeah, I so, mean, it's I it's know. other guys. It's uh, Sky Moore. You know, it's Noah Gray, yeah. Jared McKinnon. So it's it's other guys um, right now in this game today. So it's it's just interesting. Again, the Chiefs, I mean, regardless of, like, they can have a stinker like they did against the Broncos. 
they're they're still in the mix. They're one of the best two or three teams in football. Yeah, That's course. without a doubt. So I'm not concerned. I, I'm really just uh, having fun with the Taylor Swift storylines. I think it's pretty cool. When it first started, I was I I had a little like uh like is this for publicity? You know, Taylor Swift's an Eagles fan. Is there some kind of, yeah. is this bad for the Chiefs? That's that's what I was <laughs> hypothesizing, but maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's good for the Chiefs. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, and I've said this before, like, why did it have to be the Chiefs? Like, the Chiefs are already the most talked about team in the NFL the last five years, and then you take the most popular person on the planet and make her the number one Chiefs fan. Like, it's just so annoying. Like, it just had to be the Chiefs. Like, she could have dated anyone else in the NFL, and I would not have cared. Obviously, I would have been annoyed if it was, like, the Steelers or whatever. But it had to be, like, the most talked about, or the second most talked about player on the most talked about team. Like, I'm already tired of the Chiefs publicity, and now, I mean, the Chiefs get talked about so much. And, of course, they're still, like, so good, and they're still one of the best teams in the NFL. And they, rightfully so, they deserve it. They have amazing talent. But um, it's just frustrating to me. As, as someone who has, has watched the Chiefs, I guess ruined my my favorite team season last year and watched them continue to to be this dominant team and win all these Super Bowls. Um, it's just frustrating, Trevor. It's frustrating that that the Chiefs already got the most attention. Now they're getting just twice as much attention as anyone else. Um, but you know what? It's part of it, Trevor. It's part it's part of the world that we live in. The rich get richer. So um, I guess I'm yeah. just gonna have to live with it and move on. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't know. But, um, I I guess we could talk about some games that we're excited about for this week because, like I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, I think there are at least three or four really good ones. One of them, in theory, is happening right now. Although the Dolphins are just, yeah, not a good game. I don't know. I don't think that maybe the Dolphins didn't show up to Germany. I'm not really sure what happened. Um, there they're getting destroyed by the Chiefs at the moment. But there are some other good ones. We have Ravens <coughs> Seahawks at one o'clock. So I'm very excited for that game. The Seahawks are a team that I've enjoyed watching um they've been pretty solid the ravens have played very well um recently they look like one of the best teams in the nfl if not the best um <laughs> but then we have that game we have cowboys eagles um the eagles you know they're winning games they're seven and one but all these games are close i'm just i don't know i'm not like the eagles yes they're winning games and i do trust them i have a level of trust in the eagles that i don't have with most teams but I don't think they've looked amazing this season at all, really. So they're going to play the Dallas Cowboys today. It's a big test at home. Um, the Cowboys, a team who uh, Brandon is is not a believer in them. I am, um, you know, a little bit more. I'm definitely more of a believer than Brandon, but uh, I don't know. I'm still iffy on the Cowboys. We will see. Is, is Dak Prescott, this is a big game for Dak Prescott. Is he going to play well against the Eagles? Um, I'm, I'm intrigued about that game, and obviously, the Sunday night game, Bills Bengals, it's going to be fantastic. Um, I always love watching. Uh, I mean, two two quarterbacks like this, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, uh, these two teams, um, definitely uh, a much was much was. I can't even speak anymore. Must much watch. Watch one of the one of the best watch, games I think yeah. we have this season in general. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, what are some of the games uh, that you're excited about? Then I guess it's probably the same ones. Yeah, I mean it's the same ones. Um, I will say, I, I like I'm excited to watch Seahawks Ravens. I I'm not as high on the Seahawks as I think a lot of people are. I mean, I watched them play the Bengals. I don't know. I, I know Trevor. I know you like Geno Smith and you're high on Geno Smith. I just I don't know. He's fine. I'm not saying he's bad. He's not. He's not a bad quarterback at all. But are the are the Seahawks like a true contender? No. I mean, maybe to win their division if the 49ers are going to fall apart like this. But I don't know. I I just can't. I can't see the Seahawks making an NFC Championship game. I really can't. Maybe that'll come back to bite me. But um, 
I don't know. I fully expect the Ravens to win this game. I don't know what the line is for that game. I would imagine the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens are a touchdown favorite, six and a half favorite, um, which honestly is bigger than, bigger than even I expected it to be. I thought it'd be like three and a half or something. Um, but I fully expect the Ravens to win this game. I'm not even trying to jinx them. I'm just being honest. Like I think the Ravens are a lot better than the Seahawks. Uh, I mean, the Seahawks got to go all the way to Baltimore. So um, I'm excited for it. I hope it's a good game, but I really do think the Ravens probably win by by at least seven points. I, I bet they win by some, somewhere closer to 10, though, in my opinion. Um, so that's a good game, obviously. And then, yeah, I mean, the other, obviously the, the two, the two big ones that have yet to be played that, that, uh, people have talked about all week are obviously Cowboys and Eagles and, and Bengals bills. Um, Cowboys, Eagles, good game. I'm not a big believer in the Cowboys either, Trevor. I'm with you, but, um, or no, you are a believer. I'm, I am not a believer. I'm, I'm, I'm against you. I will say this though, Trevor, if, if the, uh, or no, Trevor, I already forget. Are you a believer or not? I don't remember what you just said. Yeah, not, I think right? I'm a. You, I think I'm a believer in the. Cal- I'm a believer more okay, than you most are people believer. are. Okay, I. Yeah. Be, but you don't like Dak Prescott. They're so That's talented. Remember, if you like him or not, they are talented. I, we'll see. I, I, we'll see Dak if they can Prescott, go into Philly I think, and win. I think Dak Prescott is. Yeah, I think Dak Prescott's a really good quarterback. Ninety percent of the time, the ten percent when they when they have big games against the best like other three teams in the NFL, like the Chiefs or the the, the Niners, the biggest one. He doesn't show up in those games, so it's like. They're a really good team, um, especially when they play the bad teams. The Cowboys destroy the bad teams. They annihilate them they more do. than any other team. Yes. They just absolutely murder the bad teams. Um, but yeah, against those, the Niners, the Eagles, maybe, that's when they struggle. Yeah. Um, so it should be a good game. Again, if, if they can go into Philly and win, I'm on board. I am. But if they get blown out, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can believe them. So hopefully it's a good game. I, I'm, I'm, th- I'm, I'm hoping, and I, I, I think it'll be a close game. But if I had to pick a winner, I, I, I just expect the Eagles at home to, to come away with the win in that game. So that should be a, gr- a great game. And then, yeah, like you said, obviously the Sunday Night Football, Bengals, Bills. Um, big matchup. I'm nervous. I'm excited. Um, hopefully it's a good game. I have a question, Ben. Are, are the Dallas Cowboys the Texas Longhorns of the NFL? Is that what oh, it, is that a fair Trevor. comparison? Um, I think based on just outside of just this year, yes, like very similar. All this expectation, all this history, but nothing really recently. In terms of this year specifically, no, because I think the Texas long. Uh, I don't know, Trevor. Honestly, they might be. Because I still think the Cowboys are good, but are they elite? Are they in that top group? No, and the Texas Longhorns are good, but they're not in the top. I don't think they're like in the same breath as the top four or five teams. So um, I would say yes, Trevor. They are. That's a good comparison. They have all this hype. They get all this attention. Um, and every year, and even this year, they, they, win, they, they, they win some big games, but ultimately you know they're going to lose a game that they shouldn't lose. You know they're going to lose a game that they could have won that they fell apart in. So, so yes, I think... Those two organizations are very similar, not only in their geography, but also in their fan base and, and kind of the expectations that, that we see versus the reality that they give us. Yeah, I, I just thought of that one because I think Texas, after they beat Alabama, had me completely roped in. Uh, and I yes. was like, you know what? Texas might be the best team in college football. And then the following week, they lose to Oklahoma. And again, Oklahoma's, uh, you know, they're, they're a good team. Um, but then I was like, oh, OK, maybe Texas isn't quite as good as I thought. So I, I have to, like, temper my uh, expectations in the same way I do with the Cowboys after they got absolutely destroyed by the Niners. Um, but I don't know. I, I just threw it out there. Um, the only other thing we have in the NFL is our Tribal Council segment. Um, obviously, yeah. we have crossed off seven teams. 
um, those seven teams I had listed in the note. Um, let's see. We've gotten, if I could pull it up, that would be uh, the Cardinals. Yeah, here we go. So the Cardinals, the Texans, Bears, Broncos, Patriots, Panthers, and Giants, those seven teams. We have already um, voted off the the NFL island, or I guess you could call it. Um, so this week, I don't know, Ben. I, I guess I guess if you want to start, you can. Mostly because I have no idea who I want to cross off, and I have to look at the standings. Uh, but what what are you thinking here? What are you thinking for teams we could cross off? I know I'm thinking that because we I feel like we've gotten rid of all the easy answers. And again, I'm trying to I'm trying to look at the standings, but also who we've crossed off. Um, Actually, I take it back. I think there is a, there is an easy one that we can get rid of. So I'm going to submit my vote. I think we should get rid of the Green Bay Packers. Um, they stink. They're not good. They've won two games, but they're not good. Jordan Love has been terrible. Um, they're just not a good team. So I think, in my opinion, I think that's probably the best option at the moment. Um, other people you could talk about are, you know, the Raiders with their they got they just fired Josh McDaniels, so they're probably not going to do great this year. Um, not to mention the fact that they have Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. So big question mark there. You could do them. The Titans with, with Will, Will Levis, but he's actually looked pretty decent at times, so I don't necessarily want to cross them off just yet. Um, I, I think the Packers, in my opinion, are probably the easiest team to cross off at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Ben, and I actually think it's a no-brainer. Um, yeah. Look, I'm just going through the divisions here. The AFC East, there's no one. We already got the Patriots. The other three teams, honestly, all three. I mean, even the Jets have a shot. The AFC North, yeah. certainly not crossing off anyone from that division. Uh, the AFC South, yeah, I mean, the Titans aren't great. The Colts, I think the Colts are have really been pretty bad recently. Um, yeah. And I could see them continuing to go downhill, but I, uh, I don't know, maybe next week. The Raiders, another good one, like you mentioned. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, the Packers here is kind of the no-brainer choice. So I, I agree. I'm with you. I think it's got to be uh, Green Bay. All right, sweet. Let's do it. They've been whatever, whatever you you call it. You've been their torch. Their torch has out. been snuffed. Um, sure. You know, we we had a <laughs> yeah, we had a really good Survivor episode. Just a little off topic. Really good Survivor episode on Wednesday. Um, and the Packers are the Packers are the casualty of this week. So, okay, Packers, Packers you are gone. You um, you're you're not making the playoffs. Your season's over. You're done. Yep. All right. Yep, they should just pack it in now because yes, the small ballers have officially declared their season dead. Absolutely. Um, next up, we'll get into the NBA. We'll, we'll go quickly on this one. Ben, I have, uh, I have, well, I have six different, I have two great things I'm going to mention, two fun things, and two concerning things I want to mention. And then I'll, whatever, yes. whatever thoughts you have on that, we can kind of go Absolutely. from there. So, I'm excited to hear it. As far as the, the great things that have happened so far this NBA season, uh, I, actually, I actually have three things, so I, I kind of I didn't really follow the rules. Uh, the Boston Celtics and the Denver Nuggets are the two best teams mm-hmm. in the NBA, and they yeah. have clearly separated themselves here. Uh, that's kind of my first thing. The Celtics are undefeated. Um, I believe they are the only undefeated team left um, in the NBA. They are 5-0. Uh, and oh. Um, and they've looked fantastic. Um, their point differential is 18.4, 18.4. They're absolutely destroying teams. Um, uh, on Wednesday, they beat the Indiana Pacers 155 to 104. Um, so they look absolutely fantastic. Jason Tatum 
is continuing to uh, get better as he has done um, since he was 19 years old. He, he continues getting better. They have Drew Holiday now. They have Kristaps Porzingis. And there hasn't really been any kind of adjustment period. They've just been awesome. Kristaps mm-hmm. Porzingis is, you know, shooting well from three. He's making their offense better. Um, and on defense, he's doing a pretty good job protecting the rim. Drew Holiday, obviously, we know what he's capable of on the defensive end. And they look fantastic. And then the Denver Nuggets, they're 6-1. and one. They're just kind of picking up where they left off. They have the one loss against the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, which was a bad one on Wednesday. But other than that, the Denver Nuggets have continued doing what they do. You know, Nikola Jokic averaging 27-13-8. That's pretty wild. Um, you know, very efficient. Jamal Murray's been playing pretty solid. Not, not putting up quite as many points as you might expect, but, you know, doing a very good job. Aaron Gordon. KCP, Reggie Jackson. Uh, they just have so many different guys. There's so much depth on this Denver Nuggets team. So that's the first thing. The Celtics and Nuggets, they're the two best teams in the NBA. Uh, the second thing, I got I to gotta say it. it it's it's uh, Victor Wembanyama. He has been fantastic oh, here this we season. Go. Um, he's been fantastic. He is a, he is a rookie. And in his, uh, I want to say it was his fifth game, his fifth NBA game, he goes toe-to-toe with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And he puts up 38 points in this game on Thursday. 38 points for Victor Webanyama in his fifth NBA game. He had 38 points, 10 rebounds, um, shot efficiently, 15 to 26. Um, he had a couple blocks in there. And the Spurs beat the Phoenix Suns. They beat them. The Spurs are three and two to start the season. Um, so I had to sh- shut out Wemby. Um, it's wild. I've never seen a rookie, a 19-year-old, um, in his fifth NBA game go toe-to-toe with other superstars like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Uh, it's well, absolutely wild. you have. It's just been a long time, Trevor. But you have seen something like it. His name's LeBron James. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think LeBron even did this. I don't think so, Ben. Oh, Trevor, you better watch yourself. <laughs> You're on thin ice, Trevor. You better watch yourself I, with this. I don't recall LeBron doing this in his fifth NBA game. I could be wrong. I'll have to go check the basketball reference <laughs> game logs. Um, but yeah. I don't recall. Um, so it's pretty nuts. Just wanted to mention that. Um, I'll go with two fun things. The Orlando Magic, they're they're fun. Their team's fun to watch. Uh, they're playing well right now. Uh, they are 4-2, and two, so they're really good. And then the Clippers and Lakers rivalry. When they are healthy and when they are playing, it's great. They played each other on Wednesday. It was a fantastic game. Went to overtime. Lakers survived. Uh, two concerning things. Number one, Memphis Grizzlies 0-6 without John Morant. He's suspended for 25 games. They look bad. They just blew a game in overtime to the Trailblazers, who suck, who might be tanking by the time we get to January. They lost that game. So they're 0-6. They don't get job back till game 26. That is concerning. The other thing. The NBA in-season tournament basketball courts. The courts, they are ugly. They look terrible. The They're Indiana terrible. Pacers awful. The, the Indiana Pacers one looks like it was drawn, designed by a four-year-old. It's absolutely abysmal. The courts are bad. It's hard to look at. Th- those are my takes, Ben. What, what, what are your thoughts? Oh, my gosh. Dude, those courts, like, here's my thing. You're the NBA. You are worth $10 billion or however much the NBA, somewhere around there the NBA is worth. You have to. There's got to be a group of people that are making these decisions. I want to meet these people because who in their right mind is looking at this and going, yeah, this is cool. Like, this is a really good idea. Let's make these super solid colored courts when 
the home team is now wearing solid colors all the time in the NBA anyway. So you have like the Indiana Pacers with this like super blue court with this ugly yellow stripe down the middle. And then they're wearing like blue uniforms or something like that. Or like, like you have the uh, OKC, like the, I watch highlights of that game. That court is, is a disaster to watch with players on it. Um, I just, I'd love to meet the people. I'd love to have a conversation with the people that are running the NBA that are saying, yeah, this is a good idea. Because, I mean, you're, a, you're a big, as big of an organization as the NBA. You have as much money, as much power, and as much influence on culture as they do. There's no way that you sat down in a room and said, and everyone agreed, or a majority of people agreed that this was the right idea. Like, how stupid is this? Like, it's, Trevor, it's so easy just to slap on, like, a picture of the trophy for this in-season cup or whatever, whatever the heck it is on a court to show that this is a cup game versus a regular season game. But to design all these courts for every team and make them like the most ugly, you know, the ugliest courts ever with these super solid colors that clash with the jerseys that the home team's wearing, I just can't imagine that this was this was the vision, or if this is the vision, I don't know why this was the vision, and I'd love to meet these people and pick their brains about how wrong, in my opinion, they are about this. Yeah, courts courts are not great, that's for sure. The jerseys are also bad. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen all those. Oh my gosh, dude! No, dude, it's just it's. It's ridiculous because now every team has like seven courts that they they do. Every team has like fifteen jerseys they wear. Um, I sound like such an old man, and I never thought I'd be this person that like is hating on all these different jerseys, but I am. I'm so tired of it. Like I want to see a team have like three uniforms. You have a home, you have an away, and you have like a cool alternate that you wear like ten times a year. Like is that too much to ask? I don't. I, I just I'm tired of watching NBA games where I turn it on yeah. and, I, and it takes me like ten seconds to figure out who's playing. Because that's the case now. It's like oh the Jazz are playing. But they're not wearing any of the colors that associate with their team. They're wearing like orange and brown. I don't understand this at all. It just makes no <laughs> sense to me. I sound like such an old man, and I hate that I sound like this. But I, that's just I'm being honest. Yeah, I I agree. I agree with this. I I think it would be cool um, if they did like. I mean, one thing they could have done is they could have just gotten like one of their throwback uniforms um like the raptors have like the one the raptors have that's in the 90s with like the raptor it's like maybe my favorite jersey ever um like if they all had had the utah jazz they have like a cool throwback uniform like if they all had their throwback jerseys or something and they had them specifically for the in-season tournament i think that would be cool but yeah i'm also not a fan of like just when when the jersey is not the same colors as your normal colors i'm out i just don't Mm -hmm. like it that's across the board. That's in any sport um, because it happens. It happens a lot in soccer, too. Um, I'm just not a fan of that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the NBA. Um, a- any other thoughts, Ben, before we kind of move on to college basketball? I'm not going to lie. My favorite team, the Pacers, they, they've hit a little bit of a, of a cold spell. They're, they're in a little bit of a rut. They're now three and three after starting two and oh, but it's a long season. I got faith in my boys. Um, it's there's only six games in. They still have plenty of games to go. They lost a heartbreaker to the Hornets last night. Tough game, tough way to lose it, turning the ball over with one second left. But um, I got faith in my boys. I got faith in obviously um, the the face of the league, Obi Toppin. Um, so so I think they're gonna pull through. I will say one thing about Wemby because yes, I like to I like to make fun of him. I like to say that he's a bust, even though I don't actually believe that. Um, the, but that picture, Trevor, of him shooting over Kevin Durant. And making Kevin Durant look like look look like a five year old trying to guard him because Kevin Durant's extended arm goes up to like his neck is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Like the fact that Ke- that this yeah. person is making Kevin Durant look like Isaiah, and the, the the caption was like Kevin Durant looks like Isaiah Thomas in this picture, which is true. Like he looks like Isaiah Thomas trying to guard someone um, because Kevin Durant has been known for his length, 
for as long as he's been in the NBA, and the fact that he can't even get his his extended arm up to like the chin of a jumping Wemby is like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. And if Wemby's going to continue to be as good as he has been at the height that he is, I mean, the NBA is going to have to come up with a new way to play defense because I just don't think anyone can stop that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Um, certainly he's already on a pretty wild trajectory. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, college basketball last up, um, the preview, the season starts tomorrow. I, I am very excited for college basketball. Uh, Ben, um, I, I cannot wait until tomorrow. I'm definitely going to be watching a lot of games this, this week for sure. Um, you know, all the, all the games I can find, but let's first start with some of the notes, some of the things that happened in the off season, I think are pretty important to at least mention quickly and then we'll go through some conference previews um we have a lot of conference realignment just across the board mm-hmm. um in in the big 12 for example you have cincinnati now in the big 12 you have byu you have usc uh or not usc ucf um you know so we have some changes in the big 12 um you know you can go across the board and look in some of these other conferences there's a lot of a lot of changes happening um so i think that's big you know, so it's 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 going to be weird. It's going to be weird at first to kind of mm-hmm. get used to like, oh, Cincinnati's in the Big 12. That's that's strange. Yeah. BYU's in the Big 12 or, you know, all this all these conference realignments. We have Houston in in the Big 12. So it's uh yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Um, We will see kind of what comes of that. But I just wanted to mention that. Um, I don't know, Ben, what do, what do you think about this? Like, how hard is it going to be to get used to like? just these conference changes. I mean, we've, we've had some of it before, but I think we're seeing more dramatic ones happen this year and next year. Yes, this is, and we've seen like, I mean, there's been waves of this and I thought like, like 10 years ago when like West Virginia went to the big 12 and you know, right. Like Louisville went to the ACC and Pitt went to the ACC. Like that was weird for me, but this is by far, I think the biggest wave that we've seen like in our lifetime, at least over the last 20 years or so um, of this happening. And I think it's just part of like, we're just going to have to get used to it. Like, it's just the way it is. I'm hoping that this is, this is the last kind of big wave for a while. But I mean, I said the same thing 10 years ago when all that, when all the conference realignment happened in 2013 or whatever it was. So I don't know. It's, it's definitely going to take some getting used to um, seeing like a Kansas play at, or Kansas play BYU and be like, oh, that's a big 12 game. Like, that's super weird to me. Um, And it's going to be even crazier next year when you got Arizona playing West Virginia, for example. And it's like, yeah, that's a conference game. Just doesn't make any sense. So um it's different it's odd but it's it's the world that we live in now it's all about money um so it's it's something that we're just gonna have to get used to is 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 getting accustomed to having to to you know re reprogram our brain into into to what's the what's the big 12 or what's the pac 12 or what's the ACC, however it may be so um this is definitely going to be the hardest year to, to get used to and i think i think at some point i'll be sitting there and like here in like february watching a a big 12 game and and, and taking the first five minutes to even for my brain to even comprehend that it's a conference game and not like a an NIT game or something. So um, it's just part of it. Again, it's part of the sport. I, I do think ultimately, though, in terms of college basketball, <laughs> the Big 12 is a is a huge winner in all this because the Big 12 is just the most ridiculous conference ever after after all this realignment is going to happen. Yeah, most of the realignment this year uh, affected the Big 12. Um, I'm sure there. I mean, there's other teams. I just don't can't remember them all, obviously. Next year, I yeah. think, is going to be even bigger um, just because you have the Pac-12, most of the teams leaving. We'll have to see what happens. I think there's a possibility that the Mountain West and the Pac-12 can have a little bit of a merger. We'll see if that 
the the I think there's maybe four remaining teams in the Pac-12. I think it's like Washington, Washington State, and maybe Oregon State, and I don't know who else. But um, so we could see that happening. But then we have like you know the, those teams leaving, right? So Arizona is going to be coming to the Big Twelve next year. We have USC and UCLA coming to the Big Ten next year. We have Oklahoma yeah. and Texas leaving the Big Twelve, going to the SEC. Those are just uh, some of the the major ones that I could think of off the top of my head. So. That'll be big as well. Um, a couple of the other things that I had just written down here. Um, let's see. We have, well, I lost the tab I was on, so um, that's not great. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be big. We have some big transfers. We have Hunter Dickinson going to Kansas. He's going to help them mm-hmm. out. Uh, some big returning players. Zach Eady returns to Purdue. Uh, Kyle Phil- Filipowski returns to Duke. Uh, we have Rick Patino, who's now the new head coach at St. John's. That's a big story. Um, a- anything else that you kind of have, Ben, that you're thinking of as far as like storylines or big news, I think that people should know uh, this college basketball season? Well, I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't even know that, that Zach Giddy was back at Purdue. I kind of just assumed he was like in the NBA or playing professionally now. Um, now, is that going to matter? No, because Purdue is going to be like a top five team or top 10 team all year and then losing like the second round of the tournament. But um, I'm just being honest with Trevor. I had no idea that he was back. So I would assume, and I haven't looked, Trevor, I would assume that is Purdue like a top three team preseason? I would assume they're like in the top three or top five because of yeah, that. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, a lot of people have them in their top five. I think in the AP, um, I want to say they're like number two or number three. I, I don't have it pulled up. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're like top, top. They're definitely top five. Again, it's not going to matter because they're going to be good all year and then they're going to do what they always do and blow it in the tournament. Um, but that's that's interesting to me. I, I just assumed ED would be gone because he was so dominant last year, but I guess he's probably not going to be like a great NBA player anyway. Um, what about, what about, Trevor, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What about UConn? Is UConn is going to be, I mean, they're, they're the defending national champions. I would imagine they brought up most people back, and that team last year was, in, especially in the tournament, was just insane. They blew everyone out. What's UConn going to look like this year, Trevor? Are they supposed to be as good as they finished the season last year? So UConn is ranked, um, I have the AP pulled up now, Purdue is number three, UConn's number six. So UConn okay. lost Jordan Hawkins last year, who was their best player. They lost uh, one or two other notable players, but they are returning uh, Donovan Klingon, a guy who actually came off the bench for UConn, the big, uh, I think he's like seven foot two center for them. Uh, Pete, a lot of yeah. people are expecting him to have a big jump for UConn. Uh, I think Tristan Newton also returned. So they do still have a couple key players. Um, and they're, yeah, they're still expected to be a really good team. They're ranked sixth, uh, in the AP poll. So yeah, UConn should be pretty solid. Okay. Interesting. All right. Um, I was just curious. I, again, I, I did not know. I, they were, I mean, they were so dominant last year in the tournament. It was ridiculous. So I figured they'd, they'd be a, probably a top 10 team coming in this year if they brought back most of those players. Um, but yeah, Trevor, I mean, I don't have anything else like crazy in terms of storyline. Obviously there's always gonna be a lot of transfers um coaches moving and things like that but for the most part it seems like as i'm kind of looking at this these rankings it seems like we have a lot of kind of the the typical players in the top 10 from that we've seen last year alabama's still up there obviously you got people like duke and arizona and all them so um i i think trevor we we can take this in whatever direction you want if you want to talk about a specific conference however you want to do it it's up to you yeah, so I think we can kind of quickly, like, rapid-fire go through the power conferences. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't do uh, as much research as I wanted to. Um, so, like, I have my picks for the power conference teams. 
I'm not super confident in them though, just because I didn't do like extensive research. So, um, you know, we can go through them though. We'll start with the ACC. Um, and if you have picks, you can give them. If you don't, that's fine too. We can okay. talk about uh, what we think of this the conferences. So the ACC, that's where we'll start. Um, Duke's the favorite. Um, and I think they should be the favorite. Duke is number two in the AP poll. They returned Kyle Filipowski, who was a solid forward for them last year. Uh, they still have Jeremy Roach there, who was, you know, one of their uh, best guards. Uh, they also return um, Tyrese Proctor, who's also a highly regarded guard for this Duke team. So Duke, I mean, they're returning quite a few key players. They're bringing in a couple solid, uh, talented freshmen. So yeah, I, I don't really see any reason Duke shouldn't be the favorite in the ACC. I mean. Miami made their final four run last year and they are returning uh, a few of those guys. So Miami could be in the mix. Um, but you know, North Carolina, they're, they're, they're solid. They're ranked 19th in the AP poll, but the ACC, a conference who has, you know, been, you know, a little bit on the downswing over the last three or four years now is, you know, still just, I, th I think this is kind of just a permanent thing. I mean, until further notice, the ACC is just not as good of a conference. I think that's kind of the reality that, honestly, I think that's kind of overdue. I think we could have said that last season. Um, but they are not in the same league as the, definitely not the Big 12, but clearly they're a step behind the Big 10. I think the Big East is better than them. I think the SEC is better than them. So they are, at best, the fifth conference, and they might not even be the fifth conference. I don't know. Um, the Pac-12 might be better than them. But yeah, the ACC is not just not quite as good in general. But I think Duke is kind of the favorite here. And I, I don't really see any reason why Duke shouldn't win the the uh, the conference. I mean, John Shire, it's his second season now. Um, I, I don't I, I tried to think of a reason to be like, let me be different. Let me pick a team other than Duke. But I think this one's a little bit of an easy one here, Ben. I don't know. Do you disagree? No, nah, I mean, Duke's, Duke is such the easy answer. I mean. I would imagine the two best teams come in are probably still Duke and North Carolina. So what about Virginia, Trevor? How's Virginia supposed to be this year? Are they supposed to be any good? I feel like I feel like we've come a long way in the last five years since Virginia being the best team in the country. I feel like we haven't talked about them on the national scale over the last few years. Yeah, I mean, Virginia's solid. I mean, Reese Beekman is their best player. He returns. Um, and obviously, when you have Tony Bennett, you know, you have a chance. But they are yeah. probably the, I would say, the fourth, I think, fourth best team okay. in the ACC. It looks like. Duke, Miami, North Carolina, and then Virginia, probably four. That's probably what I would say. Okay. That's where I'm seeing a lot of other people put them. So they're in the mix. You know, they're they're not quite in the top 25, but they're very close here. They're in the others receiving votes of this AP poll. Yeah. Um, All right. And, and uh, also, yeah, so they are in the, I'm trying to think, who else is in the, yeah, well, so yeah, Virginia is in the mix. Um. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, other yeah. than that, I think the ACC, again, it's not the best conference, but I think it kind of runs through Duke this year. I gotcha. Fair enough. Yeah, I agree. I'd probably have to pick Duke. All right. Well, let's go to what I think, and I think it's kind of a universally held opinion. The Big 12, the best conference in college basketball, yeah. has been for, honestly, quite a while now. Uh, most of the decade, the, the Big 12 has been the best conference. I expect them to be most likely again this season i think the only i think there is one conference that can challenge the big 12 i i will talk about that when i get to when i get there later on um but the big 12 um i have a question ben uh kansas or the field who, who are you taking if you have to if you're betting right 
to win the conference, are you taking yeah. Kansas or are you taking every other team in the Big 12? What do you think? Well, so it's so basically it's Kansas, and then it's like if I'm going to take the field, then I got to basically rely on what Houston, maybe like a Baylor, mm-hmm. um, maybe like a Texas, but yeah, um, um. I'd probably, you know what, Trevor? I'm going to be different. I'm going to take the field because I think, I don't know anything about Houston, but they're, they're probably still really good. They still have Kevin, uh, Kelvin Sampson, who's been phenomenal. They've been uh, you know, one of the most consistent programs the last five years or so. They've been consistently a top 10 team. Um, last year, they were one of the best teams all year. Um, I'll take the field, Trevor, because I think there's a, there's a chance that you could see a Houston or a Baylor or a, I don't know, is Kansas State supposed to be good? They, have, they had a great year last year, but. Um, I just don't want to pick Kansas, so I'm going to take the field, Trevor. I'm going to put all my all my eggs in the basket of Houston. I got faith that they can uh, they can do well, even in a new conference. I think, obviously, um, that doesn't matter a whole lot because they they could have competed with any team in the country, let alone the Big Twelve last year. I think they can do the same this year. Yeah, this is a tough call for me. I I think I'd take Kansas honestly over the field. Um, I do. Kansas is the number one team in the AP poll. I think for good reason. They return a couple key guys. They get Hunter Dickinson as a transfer. They bring in uh, good talent, a um, couple of talented freshmen. Bill Self, I think, is the best coach college basketball. Uh, I think they, I think they're the best team in the country coming in. Um, yeah, Houston, they're still going to be solid. They're ranked seventh in the AP poll. You have Texas and Baylor uh, that are eight, Texas is the eighteenth. Baylor's twenty. I actually think Texas is a little underrated. Just looking at their roster, um, you know, you got Tyrese Hunter. They bring in actually Max Abemis. He transferred from uh, Oral Roberts. He's going to be at Texas this season. Yeah. I think Texas is underrated, um, but I do still think that Kansas is hard to beat them. So I would take Kansas uh, against the field. Um, let's move on to the next conference. Let's go to the Big East. Um, I I have Marquette winning the Big East. I think this is a really tough one because there's really three teams that you can argue for. I think Marquette, UConn, and Creighton are the mm-hmm. top three in that conference. You can kind of take any of them, and it would be a, a reasonable opinion. Um, I'm just going to take Marquette. They're, t- they're returning a lot of their guys. Uh, Tyler Kolick is kind of the headliner there. He's their best player. So I'm going to take Marquette, but uh, I think one of those three, it- it's kind of close. What do you think, Ben? Um, I'll take UConn. If I had to pick, I'll, 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 I'll be different. I'll pick UConn. Again, like I said, UConn, Finished the season as by far the hottest team um, in the country last year. They, they, they were phenomenal down the stretch. Um, and, yeah, I agree. Marquette is great, and, and you always got to remember, you know, Villanova in there and whoever. Creighton obviously has been great. But um, if, if UConn can even just be partially as good as they were last year down the stretch, they're still a phenomenal team. I have a lot of faith in, in Dan Hurley, um, and they still have a lot of talent from last year. So I'll take the defending national champions if I had to pick, if I had to pick a team right now all right next up we have three conferences left big 10 and i i think we're gonna agree on this one ben i think we might agree i'm going with the spartans yes. michigan state i think they might have the best backcourt in the country um they definitely might um they have tom Izzo as their head coach uh you know they got xavier booker um as a as a solid forward in there for michigan state so i like the roster yes purdue is going to be really good again but I'm I'm leaning toward Michigan State. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, Trevor, I got to pick with my heart. Of course, I got to pick my my Spartans to win. Go green, go white. Um, Tom Izzo, obviously, the best basketball coach maybe in college basketball over the last however many years. One of the best. 
Um, obviously, the best basketball program in the state of Michigan, not even close. Um, there's not even I can't even think of another program that is, is even in the same breath as them. Um, it's pretty much just them and then a bunch of mid majors in Michigan. Um, so yeah, I mean Michigan State or Purdue. Purdue is very good at winning those regular season awards, though. Trevor, they love Purdue. They they really covet their regular season awards there in in uh in West Lafayette, Indiana. So I think Purdue will give them a fight, but I have to go with my heart. I have to pick Michigan, Michigan State. Excuse me. Oh, I have to pick Michigan State. Go Spartans. Tom Izzo knows what he's doing, and you're right. Their backcourt's phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next conference, Pac-12, and the Pac-12. I'm going Arizona. Um, I think it's just an easy bet to bet on Arizona here. UCLA lost a lot of uh their roster uh, i mean just in general ucla lost a lot of talent so i think they're gonna fall off a little bit usc i think is actually probably the second best team uh with the talent they have coming yeah. in including uh brawny james and it, you know it's so funny because brawny's lebron's son obviously um usc also has the number one freshman in the recruiting class on their basketball team isaiah collier no one no <laughs> yeah. one talks about him most people don't even nope. probably know who isaiah collier is um, but he's, he was the number one player in, in this class, um, in high school. And yet Bronny James is obviously the one that people are going to talk about. You know, he's LeBron's son. I get it. But Isaiah Collier is going to be a fantastic freshman for this USC team. Boogie Ellis returns. USC is going to be really good, but I I'm still going with Arizona. Tommy Lloyd. He's been a really good coach. Uh, and you know, Omar Ballo, a, a seven foot center who I liked, uh, watching last year, thought he was really good. Um, and you know, they have Caleb love coming over from North Carolina. I, I just trust Tommy Lloyd. I like what Arizona has been doing the past couple of years. I think Arizona is going to win the pac 12. Yeah. Arizona seems like the easy answer. I mean, going in again on paper, they're the best team. I don't know though, Trevor, any, any team that's got LeBron's kid on it, forget about the number one overall recruit, any team that's got uh, LeBron's kid on it. They always got a chance. Now I don't even know if he's going to, is he going to play this year, Trevor? I have no idea. I don't really know his situation. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's kind of an unknown play this year. But um, even just having even just having the you know LeBron LeBron association in the air in the area uh, gives I think gives USC uh, obviously some championship pedigree because LeBron's a champion at life. That's what he does. Um, but with that being said, I'll probably take Arizona. Arizona was great last year. They they were obviously a two seed last year in the tournament. They lost in the first round, but they were still a really good team. Tommy Lloyd knows what he's doing. Um, I'll pick. I'll be boring, and I'll I'll agree with you. I'll pick Arizona. All right, last conference, SEC. I'm going to try. I, I've been pretty boring in my picks. I'm going to try not to be yeah, boring in this one. I'm a believer in Texas A&M this year, um, and that's okay. who I think is going to yeah. win the SEC. Um, and it's really, it's, it's kind of simple. You know, they were a really solid team last year, uh, and they're returning pretty much everyone uh, on their team. They, they finished 15-3 in SEC play. Um, they were a really solid team. I think they were a number three seed last year, if I'm remembering correctly i don't have in front of me i'm just guessing to be honest but i think they were number three seed uh they're returning uh whom a guy who might be the best player in the sec the shooting guard wade taylor the fourth he averaged 16.3 points per game um i expect them to improve once again this year and i have texas a&m i think it's a uh, actually it's not that hard of a take because a lot of people have them ranked highly but um it's a it's a little bit of an out-of-the-box take in terms of names i don't think many people expect Texas A&M, the brand, to be uh, good at basketball. But this season, they will be very good at basketball. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they're a good program. That is, that's kind of a curveball to Trevor, I will say. I was not expecting you to say Texas A&M. Um, 
You know what, Trevor? I think the I think in what I'm looking, it seems like Tennessee's probably the best, but I'm not going to pick Tennessee. That's boring. And honestly, I don't know how much confidence I have in Tennessee. I feel like they seem to struggle in those in those conference tournaments at the end of the year and even in the uh, in the NCAA tournament. So, Trevor, I'm going to pick Arkansas because I love Eric Musselman. I am fully on board with the Must Bus. Um, I like Arkansas. They've been a, a consistent program the last few years under Musselman's leadership. Um, I have a lot of faith in him. I have a lot of faith in his leadership. I obviously still have faith in the athletes that they have on the court, the talent they have on the court. So if I had to pick right now, which I'm going to, I'm going to pick Arkansas to win the SEC. All right, Ben. Ben is fully on the must bus. He is he's ready to I like go. I him a lot. He's ready to yes. ride. Um, yeah, so those are kind of the power conferences. I guess we can go quickly through some mid-major teams before we uh, end the podcast. Uh, Florida Atlantic, they, they made the Final Four last year. They're returning pretty much everyone. Now, they were a nine seed. So I think this yeah. is interesting. There are some people that are very high on Florida Atlantic. Um, I know uh, one of the podcasts I was listening to, Gary Parrish from CBS Sports, has Florida Atlantic number four in the country. I, I think that's a little oh nuts gosh. to have them number that's four crazy. in the country. Um, but yeah. we will see. I like Florida Atlantic for sure. I, I just, I don't know. I think, I think it's probably fair to have them somewhere in the teens, maybe like in that 15 to 20 range. Uh, the preseason poll actually has them number 10 in the AP poll. I, I also might think that's a little high too. But yeah, they, they're going to be really solid. You have in the the WCC, you have Gonzaga, obviously. They lose Drew Timmy, so that's a big loss for them, obviously. I think Gonzaga's going to take a, a small step back this year. Um, I actually, you know what? I'm just going to say it, Ben. I think St. Mary's is going to win the WCC outright. They're not, it's not going to be a All share. Right. I think St. Mary's is going to beat Gonzaga for the WCC regular season title, and I think that's the first time Gonzaga hasn't at least shared the conference uh i think it's been since 2016 so if saint mary's w- does win it that would be the first time since 2016 that gonzaga did not get at least a share for the conference um and then a couple others san diego state still in the mix obviously they were the runner-up last year lost to yukon the title game uh they're 17th in the top 25 and the the last team i want to mention ben just for you the dayton flyers um, they look to be a really solid team. Definitely the favorite, I think, in the A10. And you yeah. know they're an interesting team. I'm definitely going to be looking out when I see when I can watch Dayton on TV. I I will do so. Okay, thank you, Trevor. I, I appreciate that sentiment. That is very nice. Yeah, I don't I don't really know what to expect out of them. They're in a bad league, so they should probably be a top three team all year. But we'll see what happens there. Um, honestly, Trevor, I don't hate the St. Mary's take. I don't. They they're first of all they're a very fun team to root for every year. Um, and they always play Gonzaga well, for the most part. It always seems to be them and Gonzaga kind of in, at that, in those top two spots in that conference. And again, it's not a great conference, but it's really not a bad conference at all, um, especially recently. It hasn't, been, it hasn't not been terrible. Um, so I do not hate that St. Mary's take. I, I don't know if I agree with you. I think, it's, I think it's easy for me just to take Gonzaga until they have proven me wrong. Um, but I do not hate that take at all. Florida Atlantic being a top four team is wild to me, Gary. I don't know what Gary Paris is doing, but um, I, I get it. They bring back everyone from a Final Four team, but I mean, a lot, a lot of things went their way to go to a Final Four if you're Florida Atlantic. I don't know if they can necessarily replicate that over a full season, um, that, which is what they would have to do to, to be a top five team all year. So um, I don't know about that. We'll see. Um, some, some other, some other uh, I guess, non-Power 5 schools that we're looking at. Trevor, it seems like I'm trying to look at some of these rankings. It seems like Boise State's fairly high on here. Do you know anything about Boise State? I know they had a pretty decent year last year. 
Um, it seems like they they have they're one of the better non Power Five um, teams this year, at least on paper. Yeah, they are, and they were they were solid last year as well, and they're returning a couple cute key guys. So they're an experienced team. Again, the Mountain West is uh, just again in general another good conference because they have San Diego State, they have Boise State, they have New Mexico, um, Colorado State's had some good years recently. So they have uh, quite a few really solid teams in that conference. Okay, good. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. Again, Trevor, I don't. I don't have a whole lot else to say. It's it, the season hasn't even started yet. So give me give me a couple weeks before I start having some strong opinions. But um, I'm excited. I feel like I feel like it, the season crept up on me fast this year, Trevor. I feel like usually I'm more ready for it, but like the fact that the season starts tomorrow, I'm just. I feel like I'm so not prepared for it. Um, I feel like it got here very quickly. It's already November, which is crazy, but. I'm excited. Obviously, college basketball is fantastic. We have a lot of games on tomorrow. A lot of teams are starting the first day that they can tomorrow. Um, obviously, I would assume we will have the Le- the Legends Classic this 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 week as well, probably on Tuesday, like it usually is. Um, and then before you know it, Trevor, it'll be Thanksgiving, and we'll have all those awesome in season tournaments. So, um, college basketball season is is starting a lot on the sports calendar, like we said at the beginning of the show with with football, and, and obviously um, in full swing. And now basketball is, is kicking into gear. So. Um, exciting times to be a sport fans. I will say that Trevor. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I, I kind of also agree with the sentiment that I'm, I'm not fully ready for just because it's, yeah. it's came up so fast and I'm like, it's, uh, you know, there's just so much stuff going on. The NBA just started NFL college football, um, for us, big brothers ending now survivor. I'm a, yeah. I'm a fan of, so there's a lot of things that I have to watch and it's just hard to, <laughs> It's hard to watch everything that I want to watch, I guess, is uh, the ultimate thing. Yes, I get it. Um, but I think we will wrap it up there. Action-packed episode today, Trevor. Like you said, and we, we had a lot to talk about. We, we, hit, we hit a lot there in the last hour plus. So um, I think we'll stop it there just, just from keeping us going any longer than we already did. But um, again, thank you for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at The Small Baller. Make sure you're checking out smallballers.com for all of our latest info. Trevor has a fantastic NBA preview. If you have not checked that out yet over the last couple of weeks, check it out. It's hilarious. I very much enjoyed it. Trevor did a, a great job on that. Um, we got some other things on there as well. You know, keep keeping up to date with everything that we're that we're trying to do in terms of all these sports. So um, make sure to check that out. But I think I'll stop talking there. So with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Go Falcons.